This is the podcast where we recap, rate, and review all 324 episodes of Co-Living Minds. Co-Living Minds! The way you said I just have to tell you that uh, I haven't finished introducing this podcast and we're getting real chatty in <laughs> this episode already. I but, I, but I was listening to a different Criminal Minds podcast to kind of like see what's going on. See and oh my God, their theme song is them just singing like do, 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 do over the Criminal Minds theme. And it's do, 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 do. And I was like, this is fucking hysterical. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyways, I'm going to try to get them to be guests on the podcast because I was like, this is the funniest shit I've ever heard and why did we not think of this? (laughs) Um, um, anyways, um, I was just gonna say, I, I, you know how I was like, I'm so tired. I had to get up at six thirty. I know you're. The energy I don't know. Is back. I don't know what happened, but either the like slap happiness of it, or the fact that I like gorged myself on like chocolate chips, like just by the fistful before recording. Oh <laughs> something is, something is kicking in now. Yeah. So getting a little feral. I'm getting a little feral, and I apologize for it, but maybe that's good because this episode was boring. Yeah, I think we need the energy. Um, <laughs> this we're covering psychodrama today. Yeah, we're covering. We're I'm out. Just, just take me out now. Just fire me. <laughs> Hit me, but run me over with your car. Um. So, a uh, disclaimer: we're not we're not associated with Criminal Minds. Don't sue us. We just like the show. I I have I love um true crime obsessed and obsessed with disappeared. And I always listen to them and I'm like, they're really fast. Like they talk really fast. They talk so fast. Come to realize I have my Apple podcast set to like one times the regular speed. <laughs> Christ. Because I like it. Honestly, maybe this is my fact of the day. Um, but I I once went out, once did a uh it wasn't even a double date. Like we were out with this is like pre-COVID. This guy my husband used to work with, and he mentioned that his girlfriend listens to audiobooks and she's always like trying to increase the speed to see how Uh fast she can listen to them and since then I've been competing with her even though she does not know and I do not really know her (laughs) and it's just me trying to (laughs) increase my audible speed incrementally (laughs) when I um when I was in college as if that was like you know a long time ago, not like a week ago. Um, when last year, especially when I was taking a lot of my English classes for my double major, um, I was taking this like I guess brag, this my, but <laughs> for one of my majors. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I did graduate with three degrees. I just want to point that out. Um, but when I was taking a majority of my English classes, I was taking a like Victorian literature class, and you know thick thick books and fun fact i'm dyslexic um and so i'm not the fastest reader in the world so what i would oftentimes do is because these books are like from the victorian era they're all like in the public domain now um 
So I would go onto YouTube and find like audiobooks that they had like released and like done of these books, and I would listen to them on like double speed <laughs> and just like marathon Charles Dickens when I'm like making dinner when they're like because the narrators were so slow, and I was like, listen, girl, I have to read eleven chapters by tomorrow, and I'm behind. <laughs> Shall we go over our rating criteria? Yes, our rating criteria. Okay, I need to chill out. <laughs> oh, my God. No, keep the energy. I love it. You're going to crash by the end of this episode. I just feel like the <laughs> chocolate is hit, has hit and everything's going to go Suddenly, down. Suddenly, you'll be looking at like the wave spikes and mine will just like flatline. <laughs> So our rating criteria is, um, so they have five categories, and in a total, and in total, this uh, each episode can get a hundred points, but uh, in each category you can get twenty. That was a really convoluted way of explaining it, but if you've made it this far into like our podcast, you already know what the drill is. So okay, kids, say it with me: criminal slash serial killer, character development slash character arcs. Forensics and context, script writing, and background characters. Uh, Should I get into it? I think you should. All right. We open on a bloodied security guard handcuffed to a table leg. Actually, this opening is pretty cool. I was going to say this opening is the strongest part of the episode. Agreed. So we keep going in between scenes. We see what's happening now interspersed with flashbacks of the event that just occurred a few moments ago in like black and white and color to show the difference. We see the security guard currently and then a flashback to see a masked bank robber handcuffing him to the table. We see bank customers huddled together looking terrified and the same bank robber shooting and threatening the customers with guns. All the bank hostages are in their bras and underwear, and they look absolutely terrified. So cut to BAU headquarters, where JJ tells us that over the past few months, the FBI has been tracking a series of bank robberies in the LA area. There's been four robberies perpetrated by a lone unsub, always wearing a ski mask. The robber makes everyone take off their clothes, locks the clothes in a vault, and then takes the cash. In the last... Okay, so just a trigger warning. This episode's pretty rapey, you guys. Yeah. Like, you start it being like, okay, like, maybe this will be like Inside Man with Denzel Washington. But no, it's just fucking rapey and creepy. So if that's not your jive, you probably don't watch the show, but... You could skip this episode because we're going to get into it. Um, so in the last robbery, the unsub forced two pairs of victims together at gunpoint and forced them to simulate sex with one another. To which Reed says, and I quote, it's remarkable. By utilizing a practical MO, the unsub has stumbled onto a psychological signature. It's fascinating, end quote. And to her credit, Elle looks disgusted. <laughs> what do you mean it's remarkable, Reed? Listen to yourself. Read the room, Reed. 
so L says he's a sex offender now. I I think it's very interesting that he wants them to like simulate sex, but like not actually have sex. Weird, weird. Well, I I th- I think that the BAU is saying simulate sex, but I thought that they actually had sex. But like they're saying because like it's not like the consensual. The, yeah, it's non-consensual. So in my mind. They were like going through the motions of having sex, but I don't know, and I prefer it your way. Yeah, I just weird, weird. I read like the little Netflix blurb and was where they're like where they have to be nude, and so I thought they were actually going to be like butt naked, and so when I saw that they were in their underwear, I was like, okay, well this could be much worse. Not to, like, downplay it, but, like, imagine if you were wearing, like, your period panties or something. I am always in my period panties. My fucking period panties are the most comfortable thing I own. Um, So Haley Hotchner, Hotch's wife, shows up to the BAU, and Hotch is like, hi, bye. And Haley's like, you really don't know why I'm here. And apparently baby Jack has... This whole part was funny, but also like, go- like I love Haley, and I thought this was like a- the first moment where she's like super strong, other than when she's getting pounded by Hotch on their couch <laughs> after looking at the yearbook together. Right, but like, apparently, like she's just been from the hospital where Baby Jack had testing done, and she says that he has a condition, but it's treatable, so everything's okay. But it's just such a weird way to say it because she goes that baby Jack has, quote, a condition that's treatable, but he'll be okay. And I'm like, what the f- what condition? Like, what's what wrong? What condition? Yeah. Eczema? Maybe it's eczema, but like, it's just so vague. Or and maybe it's like weird. a serious thing. Like, clarity? It's bizarre. And you wouldn't tell your husband? Like, I feel like. The writers hadn't made up their mind yet. I don't know that I honestly believe that this couple has any chemistry, to be honest with you. I think they're both great actors. Y'all know, I know you little Aaron Hotchner heads out there are like, (gasps) like Stan Hotch, and I love him too. But like, I don't know if I believe the chemistry of this couple. I'm watching this scene being like, so they're going to split, right? They're gonna split, right? Like, that's already, like, if that's what they're planning on having happen, okay, yeah, you sold it. But it doesn't, it doesn't lead me to believe that there's, like, any hope for them. I mean, they're supposed to be childhood sweethearts. Like, they met in high school. Maybe they're bored of each other. I mean, I'm sure the sex is great, but. I don't. If you've been together that long and you've never explored anyone else. Oh my god, Abby. <laughs> I feel like everyone should have one breakup in their life. Yeah. Um, well, that- we didn't know. They could have he, he could have been banging people in high school, but that's true. Or college. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um hi so bye. hi bye. So Hodge completely forgot that all of this was happening. But Haley says, quote, I know this job is important to you, but we're important too. I don't want you to wake up someday in some random city and realize that you don't know your own son. 
I was like, damn, bitch. damn. Yeah, she's damn. right. Um, so Hotch offers to stay, but Haley's like, no, the team needs you. Go. And so he goes, but clearly she wanted him to stay. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <sighs> I love resentment building. Yeah, it's building. It's been building since, like, literally for his birthday, he he wouldn't even stay with, like, I, yeah. Anyways. The team flies the jet. Oh, hi, girl, I wrote. Uh, they fly to L.A. Morgan and Gideon visit the most recent crime scene. Reed and J.J. work on the unsub's geographic profile to figure out where his hunting ground is. And Ellen Hotch try to work out vi- victimology to figure out where he might next strike. So Morgan attempts to reenact the crime and tries to figure out what triggered the emotional response that caused the unsub to start sex offending. The only difference is that the uns- the only difference between this bank robbery and the past three was that the unsub both disarmed and attacked the security guard. Um, he only disarmed the guards at previous banks. Morgan says it was because this guard was wearing a uniform and determines that the unsub has issues with men in uniforms, meaning that he must have spent time in prison. And I'm like, what? Stretch. A stretch. Stretch. It's a fucking huge leaps right there. Um, so Ellen Hotch review the tapes with the statements of those who were assaulted by the unsub. The bank manager and his wife, the Hendersons, were one of the couples who were forced to simulate sex. And apparently their kids were there as well and forced to watch. Mr. Henderson then erased all the footage of the assaults after the bank robber left. And he said he did it because he was disoriented and didn't realize what he was doing. And everyone's like, sure, Jan, but who can blame him? Like, Jesus Christ. Christ. He later admits to Gideon that he was embarrassed and he didn't want anyone to see them. And it's like, I don't blame him. Doesn't he say it's something with like his religion or something? Yeah, he said that they were raised Baptists. And I was like, you don't have to explain yourself, girl. Like, I would be erasing those tapes too. Like, fuck. I should explain too that he doesn't erase the whole tapes. He just erases the section where the, the sexual assaults are occurring. Um, so Garcia uses digital analysis software to figure out the length and width of the unsub I wrote. And she realizes that with the first three robberies, the unsub was six six foot one. And in the most recent robbery, he was five foot 10. And so at first they're like, where they're two different unsubs, but Garcia's like, nah, he was wearing lifts. And I'm because he's short. Get it? Also, my husband is shorter than five nine. So is so is my boyfriend. Yeah, we stand short men. Short king. Short king. You know, just saying. Anyways, uh, this is the profile. <laughs> so this is our profile of the unsub. We don't know what what it is again. That like the other one back to back. We don't know what it is. So likely he went to jail between the ages of eighteen and twenty two and spent five to ten years in jail or in prison. Um, so he'd be currently between the ages of twenty three to thirty five. A sexual sadist intent on humiliation. 
uh, sacrificing safe, the safety of having just a few hostages to contain for the satisfaction of having more hostages to control. We'd likely be less interested in money and more interested in sadistically manipulating his captives. Likely he was on drugs, it would have required planning, and what makes this unsub unique is his fractured psyche, a cold, organized bank robber slash a disorganized sexual sadist full of bottled up rage. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so while the BAU delivers this profile, we watch the unsub take another bank under control. We see that one of the hostages has a phone and is making a call kind of like off to the back, hidden out of view. Um, And the person making the call is like really showing that old ass cell phone off. Did you see that? Like there was like a zoom on it. The hostage with the phone calls the LAPD who informed the BAU. Unfortunately, the unsub finds out about this phone and he quickly takes off. And he had parked his motorcycle out front and a police officer was about to give him a ticket, like a random police officer. And he sucker punches her in the face and takes off in the motorcycle. And I said this as a joke because it's not luscious, but he's got like very clearly long curly or like long ish. No, I would say. I'm retracting everything. It's like medium curly brown hair. That's like very obvious. Um, And I wrote his luscious long hair. Um, There's a car chase scene where the BAU attempts to catch up with the unsub, but he gets away. The BAU investigates the latest crime scene where the unsub actually ended up murdering a hostage who refused to remove his clothes and my question was what happened to the hero hostage who called the police while the robbery was in process and like prevented more people from dying like Mm -hmm. where is he why is he not being interviewed we saw him for like a second like do you know the amount of bravery that took and like what was that conversation when the unsub comes upon him sees him holding the phone where the police are on the phone like what was that like oh my god I always wonder how much footage and scenes get cut from each episode. Yeah. Because I'm really curious if they would actually get those moments. Meanwhile, Hotch is feeling sad that he is such a shitty daddy. <laughs> He's watching a video of Jack's first steps um, in the, a police car, which of course he missed. That was, I was like, okay, like, I, I do feel for Hotch is, you know, work-life balance. It was just, it was, it was a little on the nose. I feel like they could have chosen another, like, significant but, like, less significant moment. I, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. So, Reed, JJ, and L look through a huge list of possible candidates Reed tells us that gun nuts and bank robbers aren't typically sex offenders. And I was like, what a generalization. We need that uh, that blogger from that from last episode to yeah. go in on the statistics. <laughs> they look into Roland Lynch. Morgan and Gideon talk to Lynch's parole officer, who says that Roland is a pimp who used to, quote, Punish his girls by raping them in front of their little sisters? 
And I was like, what the fuck? And Gideon and Morgan have no follow-up questions. They're just like, oh, okay, that tracks. So I, I, what the, what the fuck? Like they're, they're like, I, I'm sorry. I'm aghast. I'm aghast. So they arrest Lynch at a strip club and Gideon says, quote, if I were you, I wouldn't even worry about the murder charge. Wait until what happens when the word gets around that you're a pervert. To which Lynch replies, quote, yeah, well, I made my living being a pervert. <laughs> but we can tell that Lynch isn't the unsub because he has short hair and we already know about the luscious locks of the unsub. Just as Gideon and Hotch are about to arrest Lynch, JJ gets a call that a man in a ski mask took a restaurant hostage in the East Bay and was making people undress and shot and killed a 14-year-old kid. So the BAU reviews the surveillance footage of the latest crime. In that hostage crisis, the unsub forced one of the kids in the restaurant to hit his mother. When he told the kid to hit his mother harder and the kid refused, the unsub shot him. And Hotch is still feeling like daddy bad, so he just can't accept <laughs> daddy bad. <laughs> So he just cannot accept why the unsub is now using children this way. He's like, he wouldn't use other people's children like this. And everyone else is like, yeah, he would like it. But Hotch is just, he's, he's in too deep. So Darren Henderson, the son of the bank manager who was forced to simulate sex with his wife, still don't know what that means, but either way it's fucked up. Uh, he comes forward to tell the BAU that the unsub apologized at the end of the bank robbery, which I guess means he's not a sexual sadist. Uh, okay. So we're, we're just along for the ride, baby. Just, just keep going with it. L says, quote, he doesn't derive any sadistic pleasure from these fantasies. They're more like a compulsion. <laughs> A stop potion. That's stop. what she said. Stop. <laughs> Fire Inspector Daddy Zang. Where Daddy are you? Daddy Zang. We miss you. Come on the podcast. I bet he's really cool in real life. I hope so. Oh, what if he sucked? No, there's no way. There's no way. He gave his heart and soul to that performance. That was an Oscar-worthy That was also a horrible script, and he still sold it. He brought so much background to it. I mean, I'm sure that he improvised. He knew that character so well that I'm sure some of those lines were, like, a little improvised. And, like, okay, here's the thing is I will, and this is, this is, I'm not joking when I say this. You can have a horrible script, but if you have good actors, they can sell it. They can sell it. Writing is important. You still, like, you know, a bad script is a bad script and people will all acknowledge it. But why do you think Riverdale is still going on? <laughs> because the actors sell it. And if you have it, but it doesn't work the other way. If you have bad actors and a good script, you're screwed. You're screwed. So Reed says, quote, it's like he's compelled to direct these fantasies using these people as actors. Really dropping some great lines today, Reed. <laughs> Reed is really just digging a hole for himself in this episode. Oh my god. So the BAU realizes that the unsub is using hostages as surrogates in a psychodrama. And here he goes again. Reed explains, quote, a form of psychotherapy in which actors serve as surrogates for actual people in the patient's life. 
There's a famous psychodrama pilot program at a local jail called San Luis Apisbo. The BAU narrows down the list of potential suspects to those who did time in San Luis. They realize that the unsub is Dale Shepard. And yes, it's definitely him. Look at that hair. Look at that hair. Also, that's like not his. Like I looked up the actor and he's got straight hair. So I, as a curly haired person, get a curly haired actor. Just saying. Um, But I thought the actor does a good job. Um, And even though he's not a true curly haired person, like the way you are with twins, I am that way with curly hair. And I think this is the first time we're really seeing curly hair make an appearance in the show. And really it took you like, we've literally seen Elle go through a hair transformation before we got curly hair. True. So true. So the BAU talked to Dale Shepard's mom she is an opioid addict, and Hotch says that she's, quote, completely out of her mind. Damn, I really did pull a lot of quotes from this episode. I don't know why, but I really, I did. You did. I pulled one for mine. <laughs> Anyways, Shepard's father died when he was young, and Shepard's sister committed suicide six years ago. Um, Shepard is currently on crystal meth without his mask and walking around on foot. So he's completely de-escalated. Is that the way you say it? No, he's de- he's devolved. Devolved. He's devolved. Yeah. He's escalated and devolved. I just want to point out that even though last episode we learned that one in eight people who are abused become abusers. Here's another one. He was abused, so now he he's awful. Shepard wanders into a child's birthday party nearby a public park, and he tells the birthday boy to shoot his mother and hands the child his gun. And of course the kid's like, no, I won't do it. And the mom's like, do it, do it, it's okay. And he's like, I won't do it. Um, and he doesn't do it. So the BAU shows up and Hotch shoots Shepard and arrests him. And he says, quote, look at, look at these people. Look at them. They're children. children. They're children, for God's sake. And Abby, I wanted to um, end this episode by reenacting this scene. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Between Hotch and Shepard. So after Shepard's shot, he's moved into an ambulance. There's an ambulance technician there. And for whatever reason, Hotch gets in the ambulance with him. He's feeling like a, he's feeling like a protective daddy now. Yeah, he's, he was daddy bad. Now he's daddy mad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, who do you want to read? Um, I'll be Shepard. Okay. I don't know what kind of accent's going to come. You shot me. It's going to be something like that. Okay. You shot me. You had a hunting knife to the little boy's throat. Just give me something for the pain, you son of a bitch. Ow! She did it. Who did? My mama. You don't know what she did to me. Did you really think you were going to get back to your mom by attacking all all these other people? The bitch deserved it. Except you didn't go after her. You went after all these other women. So what? You went after children. They're gonna have to learn sooner or later. 
What are they going to have to learn? That no one's there for you. To the medic in the ambulance. He's a drug addict. He's detoxing. I don't care what he asks for. Don't give him anything. Come on. He's not a doctor. He's right. I'm an FBI agent. And he killed a 14-year-old boy today. I tried to give my best Aaron Hotch. Uh, that was that was beautiful. Um, and we end the episode. There's a balloon at the party that goes soaring dramatically into the air. Whoosh. Whoosh. It's I feel like I black out and then I come to and the episode is over and I'm like, yep. I, I, I don't know what happened. Well, we but... still got we still got my little contribution and we still got to write the episode. So it's not over. Oh, that's right. The real life comparison for this was I, I found it. It just it wasn't it wasn't tickling my brain in the way I wanted it to. I didn't go as deep into it, and instead I found, like, I have three little things to bring for you. So, I will talk briefly about what it was likely inspired by, but it just sounded like men being awful. (laughs) So, I just didn't really feel, I mean, yeah, that can be said for most of these cases, but it just, yeah. So, this was likely inspired by the Larry Phillips Jr. and the Emil... Matasata Aranu, I don't know, pair. So they were a pair of bank robbers that committed a series of notorious bank robberies in the LA area using automatic firearms that they'd fire into the ceiling in order to intimidate the bystanders. Uh, it's also been called the High Incident Bandits, and there was a movie inspired by them. Um, and on top of being bank robbers, they're considered cop killers because they also killed a bunch of police officers in the process of doing this. Um, but what I do think was interesting is that there was controversy over the death of Emil because he was shot at by over 20 times um, during this whole standoff. It was like a whole big you know, police blockade and everything. So so he was shot over 20 times by the police. Um, and the controversy was directed at the LAPD um, because we know that there are great shops over there, but because apparently the officers refused to allow medical attention to him, saying that it was because the ambulance couldn't enter the, quote, hot zone during the extreme situations. But this is super untrue because from, like, helicopter footage, we could see that the police, like the ambulance did have access to get in there. And so basically they just said, no, don't bother. And they intentionally allowed him to bleed out and die. Wow. Which again, like this is, you know, this is a bank robber. This is a criminal. This is someone that has an automatic firearm. This is someone that, you know, is causing harm and doing the you know wrong things. But at the same time, that's a human being. And like, again, I'm not trying to seem like a criminal sympathizer, but I do think everyone has a right to medical attention. Um, on top of that, I have some bank robbing fun facts. Oh! So in the UK, it has been reported that around 20% of the people planning a heist or to rob a bank are caught. Most bank robberies that happened in 2018 happened on a Friday. 
Baby Driver is the highest grossing bank robbing movie of all time. Um, California has the most bank robberies out of all states in the U.S. Texas is the second highest. Ohio is the third. And Florida is the fourth. Most bank robberies do end with the perpetrators getting caught and the money being recovered. So online it says, uh, you know, their personal finances aren't improved at all. So it's kind of not worth even trying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my third contribution is that my mom witnessed a bank robbery happening once. Oh my god. Um, but in the sense that she was in the bank, this is like before I was born. She went into the bank and she saw this like very attractive guy like behind the counter and she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know what time it is?" And he kind of just looked at her and like didn't answer and she soon left and then she found out after the fact that he had been robbing the bank. Oh my god. And she was like, that was an attractive man. Yeah, she said he was, like, very nicely dressed and had, like, a nice-looking watch, and uh, she had no idea that he was robbing the bank. Oh, my God. Well, I have two bank robbery things to say that are not nearly as fun as that, but the first is that one of my favorite movies of all time is about bank bank robberies. Oh, what is uh, it? It's Point Break, one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, Eat Me If You Think It's a Bad Movie. It's Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is an FBI agent. uh, Patrick Swayze is a bank robber. And they also surf. So it's a surfing bank robbing movie with both of them. Uh, And it's one of the greatest movies of all time. My second fact is, or it's not a fact, but I mean, it's a fact that that's one of the greatest movies of all time. And Patrick Swayze is the best entertainer of all time. But this is something that happened to me. (laughs) So I, before I went on my honeymoon, I ordered um, like euros um, because we're going to Italy. So I ordered euros and I went to the bank to pick them up. And the same guy, the same teller I had worked with to order the euros was there when I was picking them up. And he was like, Oh, I'm so surprised that you came to get them. And I was like, why? And he was like, well, most people who order, most people who order foreign currency never come to pick it up. So if you wanted to rob a bank, you should go for the foreign currency. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) That's so So, funny. Just saying maybe we should quit our jobs and start robbing banks and stealing just specifically foreign currency because they're loaded. (laughs) But most of the perpetrators end up being caught and their personal finances aren't improved at all. Guess people will have to buy our merch to stop us from making asses out of ourselves and robbing banks. Oh my gosh, that's so true. (laughs) Uh, Should we, shall we rate this episode? I think we should. I think uh, rating this is going to be a grand old time. Mm. What do you think about the criminal slash serial killer? Who? (laughs) He made no, no impact on me. What about those luscious locks? The luscious locks were nice. Honestly, uh, you know, dramatizing that exchange between him and Hotch was the most fun I had in relation to this episode. I- I- I'd give it a seven for the hair. 
Yeah, for the hair. But again, let's get some curly-haired actor representation. Like, we're out here. Use us. Use us and abuse us. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm down with a seven. What do you think about the character development slash character arcs? Sad oh, Daddy Hodge. Hodge. Oh, Hodge. Hodge. Sad Daddy Hodge. I, I, I'm invested in that storyline more than I'd like to admit, but I think it's just because I like Hotch. Yeah, I love Hotch, and I also felt like we really got to see Haley as, like, a strong, independent woman in this episode, but I still don't believe that they have chemistry. Maybe they will, like, maybe they will in the future, but I'm just not feeling it right now. I wish we got more of that. I wish we got more of that tension between them as opposed to him just like, you know, angstily looking at the recording of his kid having his first steps. All right, let's let's give him a 12. Forensics in context is gross. I don't know. Throw out a number. I've been throwing out all the numbers today. I don't know. I feel like it wasn't like they gave us what we what, you know, like 15. Like, I know that's on the higher side, but, like, they didn't... I don't have any questions. I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> Script writing. Um, I don't know. 10? 12? Let's give it an 11. Okay. There were... There were a lot. Of, of what? Background characters. I know, we just didn't say it. Yeah. 10. Okay. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. We're at a 44. Follow us on the socials at Unsubs Podcast everywhere. Email us, buy our merch. Public, the store is linked in the notes of this episode and on all our socials and our website. Email us at unsubspodcast at gmail. Um, you can follow me, your new apartment, on Tumblr. Yeah, and you can follow me with my podcast, Screen Stage and Screen, on Instagram, or listen to those episodes on any of your favorite streaming services. Yeah, thanks for listening, you guys.